everybody. This is Pam at the Paper Outpost, and this is the Paper Outpost podcast, The Joy of Junk Journals. Welcome. Welcome. Today we are talking about when is it time to start selling books? Am I ready? This is a very deep question. Oh, yes. Um, no, it's not that deep, but uh, let's just uh, kind of bounce this around a little bit. I'm just sitting here making some journals and going through checking, double checking. I do a lot of double checking, making sure everything is okay before. Ooh, that's not okay. We got to fix that. So if you notice that that's not okay, that's a sign it's not ready for sale yet. So um, first of all, the first thing I recommend is make a bajillion journals. So you feel very comfortable in the journal making process. And uh, that's going to make you feel better about selling journals because you've seen everything, you've dealt with everything. Uh, you've learned all the, the things that can go wrong. You've had your journals around a while so you can see how they um, uh, survive over time. That's a big one. You want to see if your glues hold, if your, your papers don't split on the spine, things like that. Um, let's say you use paper all over and didn't realize that the paper wears out after a while and your spines all come apart, things like that. Um, the other thing is you may want to uh, consider upgrading to the good glues. Um, because if once these are out of your hands, they may be held by people who aren't as gentle with them and these things may be knocked around or dropped or you want them to withstand basic, basic, um, wear and tear. I mean, obviously they're not industrial strength. They are paper and, uh, they often are vintage paper and they may come apart here or there, but paper tears, that's natural for paper. Um, old papers, uh, disintegrate and that's natural for old papers, but we can minimize that damage by a few simple things. So with that being said, um, let's kind of talk about these things. So in my personal journey, when did it become time to sell my journals? It became time to sell the journals when I just had too many of them around and I was starting to fall over them. I had uh, built them up. They were in my craft room. They were um, on a nice little shelf in my craft room. Then I had to get a bigger five shelf bookshelf to hold them. Once that was full, then they got moved into my bedroom closet. What a glorious move. They got put up high on some shelves in boxes. And I thought, nobody's ever going to see them up there. Why am I making all these books to just stick in boxes? Now you have to also understand at the same time. Hi, Holly. I was... um, giving away tons of journals to family and friends. I kind of wanted to see the reaction from people. Did they like them? Or was was it kind of just kind of like, oh, that's very nice, thank you. And you never hear from them again? Or did you get the call back like, hey, oh my God, I love this. There was a lot of work put into this. I love all the little things that you put inside, all the little uh, design, uh, you know, decorative things and all the old papers or whatever it is that you put in there. Maybe your own paintings or, uh, you know, just some cool stuff. Um, so if you started, if you're starting to get good reactions from the ones that you're, you're giving away ad nauseum, I mean, you got to give these things with, and, and your heart bleeds. Believe me, I understand every time you give one away because you, you, you know, you put in every little ounce of energy you have to make these. I know. And, um, uh, your heart and soul went into these babies. And when you're giving them away, you want to cry. You just want to cry. But you know it's the right thing to do deep down because you're running out of space at home because you keep going out and bringing more stuff in to make more journals because everything looks like a journal supply. I know. I've been there. And uh, I can relate. And I want to hold your hand right now. And I want to tell you to breathe. And it's going to be okay because uh, there can come a time to sell the journals, which is a natural time. So anyway, 
back to my story. So they all ended up on the top shelf in the bedroom closet, never to be seen or heard from again. And they lived up there for a little while. But then as I kept miking more, I couldn't, I couldn't physically fit any more into those boxes up there. And I thought, this is silly. This is just plain silly. So my last ditch effort was I dragged them all out again. And I put them in my coffee table, which happens to be this old Indian trunk. And it is a uh, giant and the thing was full, like the, the lid wouldn't even close, right? Uh, of journals. And my husband comes by and he goes, you know, honey, maybe it's time you really ought to think about considering selling some. And I remember looking, I had this gasp, it was like, oh, and like, you want me to sell my babies? And um, I was panicked and sweating and uh, um, I was nervous and I thought, oh, you know, but maybe, you know, maybe the way I see them isn't the way the rest of the world sees them and, and they'll just think they're silly and, and nobody knows me and, and, and who am I? And, and um, you know, it's just how is anybody going to even know that I have a journal for sale? So the next phase was, okay, coming to terms with maybe it is time to sell some journals. And then you got to go through and you got to make sure that your journals are sales ready. Yes. You have to say you've you know been making journals for a while and you've made different types and you've learned the pros and cons. You've learned all the tips and tricks to put in the signatures, make the spine super strong so that the covers does, does not come away from the spine. Your uh, uh, signatures are nice and snuggled in, um, nice and snuggly, but not too tight and not too loose so that they roam around or they come apart. Um, you've uh, reinforced any papers that look like they need reinforcing. Uh, let's say they're old, brittle vintage papers and um, they're on the foldy crease of the spine and they're coming apart. So you've gotten in there with some washi tape and glue and you've, you've reinforced everything and uh, you've used fabric to reinforce your spine on the inside and the outside. That's not mandatory, but it's just an, an option that I do um, to give myself a sense of security that uh, I have probably hit, I don't know, with my Tyvek tape and my fabric and my uh, strong glues. I have a lot of uh, uh, security and the heart knowing that these things are going to stay together through normal use. Um, and uh, then I've also kept them for time. So I know that over time, they will still stay glued together. I've had a lot of failures with old glue sticks. For some reason, like, oh God, the Dollar Tree glue sticks, they're the worst. Like you put it down and it pops right off uh, a week later. Um, so I was very saddened by uh, the efficiency or the efficacy of glue sticks. And I was very afraid to sell any journals because I thought everything was just going to come off. And like if somebody's opening it and like pieces and parts are going to fall out everywhere. So I went through and I would meticulously check every page and, and like pull on things and tug on things and make sure that everything was well glued down and that's when I advanced from you know the regular glues the Elmer's glue the um, you know inexpensive glues and stuff and I decided I needed to get more reliable glues if I was going to sell these because they just have to be they have to stick the stuff has to stick so that's when I started investing and it is an investment because this glue is not cheap but the fabric fixes and the art glitter glue and the scotch create glue stick and I've I also use yes paste glue and um, uh, some other glues as well uh, depending on the circumstance but those are my core glues that I have good faith in um, you know if it's something for myself and it's not a big deal maybe I'm just making a quick little notebook for myself. I'll use packing tape instead of Tyvek tape. And I know how much in and out I will be in that journal and it won't be a big deal. But if it's something I'm going to sell and I, I want to absolutely make sure it sticks together, it gets Tyvek tape and uh, it gets put together really strongly and really well. Um, then you want to go through after you've made your journal and you want to double check to make sure anything isn't 
overglued. Yes, that's right. We have this、uh, tendency to get all excited about decorating our journals, and we're putting in embellishments and journal cards and tucks and flips and all this stuff. But we maybe don't wait for the glue to dry, and then you are flipping through your journal again. And you realize that、uh, seven of your pages have actually glued together, and then as you're slowly trying to tease them apart, you end up tearing a page, and then you get the joy of repairing that page or covering it with some piece of lace or some other little something or a cluster to hide the fact that you tore your own page after <laughs> gluing it together. So、um, there's all those little things that have to be organized first before a journal, in my opinion, should go up for sale. And、um, you know, we're not even haven't even embarked on design and stuff like that, and theme and popularity. That, that's a whole other、uh, podcast we'll talk about. But just journal construction, you have to make sure that the whole thing stays together, and、uh, then you're going to feel good about releasing it to the universe. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, those are just some of the things to think about as you're going through and、um, thinking about selling your journal. Now, the next thing is,、uh, you know, there's a whole other discussion about okay, once I'm going to sell my journal, how on earth do I let people know I even have a journal to sell? And、uh, I think I'll do a separate podcast on that. Let me write that down right now. That's a good idea. How to sell? How to sell your journals? And not everybody has an Etsy shop. Not everybody has a YouTube channel,、uh, but there are other ways to sell them. So we'll we'll talk about that in those. And then there's also the、um, uh, the presentation of the、uh, the package. Once the person receives the package, you want the package to be a journey from the moment they open it. You just don't want it to be, you know, the journal shoved in the box with some packing. You want it to be an exploratory journey. They're maybe going through layers of pretty tissue paper, or maybe you have bundled it in fabric and, and swaddled it like a little baby. Maybe you have、uh, sewn a special bag to nestle your journal in. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can present the journal to someone in a very、um, artistic, decorative、uh, way with、uh, design and decor and everything involved. Because the whole thing about、um, the journal is it's. A process. I mean, it's an adventure. It's an adventure in itself from the moment you open the box, and、uh, you may want to add little,、uh, um, you know,、uh, bonuses in there. Like maybe you want to add a writing board, or put tuck in some vintage ephemera, or、um, I've put in、um, old、uh, farmer's almanacs or autograph books、um, from old days, or diaries and things like that.、It's、little bonuses of a thank you to the、uh, purchaser for、um, something that、uh, you know says, "Hey, thanks. I really appreciate." That you、uh, put faith in me to buy my journal, and I want this whole experience to be good. And、um, uh, so, those kinds of things you want to think about. So I, I think it's very common in the industry for to do that if you're going to be selling your journals. So there's a whole world wrapped up into the presentation in the the delivery of the box. But that's at the back end, and I'll go into that in more detail、um, once we talk about how to sell the journals. Actually, the the way to do that. But、um, yeah, just knowing if your journal is、uh, sale ready, it has to be constructed right. So. Other things you need to check: the cover. You need to go around and make sure that everything is glued down around the edges of the cover. That there's no peely uppies. If you have any peely uppies, they need to be secured. And you have to be careful when you're regluing with your glue that you don't get glue everywhere and you end up with shinies all over the place. So that's important too. You have to be、uh, deft with the、uh, 
uh, application of the glue. You have to be good at it. You have to, that's why the Art Glitter Glue uh, bottle is so handy with the little metal tip because you can get into very tight, tiny places. Often a lot of these are after the fact where you notice a little peely uppy and it needs to be tagged down, but you don't want to put a big blob of Fabrifix in there because it's going to get everywhere. It's going to get on your hands. You might get it on the cover in a spot that you don't want it, and then you're you're uh, battling with that. So, just knowing these little things really helps. Um, and let's say you're making your journal and you've been, you know, getting it ready for sale, and you're you've been uh, really sweating over it and working it with a lot, and then all of a sudden you realized you had inky hands, and you marked up the outside of your journal, and then you have to reevaluate the presentation of the outside of the journal. Did I make it worse or better? Or is there something that I can do to improve the visual aspect of the outside now that I've got inky hand marks all over it? Sometimes inky hand marks work to your advantage because they add an aged effect, a weathered effect, um, a bit of an antique effect. Uh, but sometimes it can just look plain messy and you just need to get in there and tidy things up. The first thing is when you're done inking you need to go wash your hands I'm, I'm really talking to myself here i need to go wash my hands and get that ink off and uh, a couple things that i do. when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply do to get the ink off of my hands which is not always the easiest process but first of all soap and water because we're very good at washing our hands with soap and water lately aren't we okay get in there with the first soap and water if i've been using dye and pigment inks that's not too bad if i've been using an archival ink or a distress ink spray forget it i'm in there for days trying to get this stuff off but uh um get the ink off if that doesn't work then i use a pumice soap which is uh like a lava soap where it has uh, granules in it either ground pumice or um ground apricot seeds or something like that that has a little bit of an abrasive to it and I also have a scrubber uh, like a well, like a dish soap scrubby um, at my sink that I use specifically to try and ab- abrade um, it's almost like dermabrasion trying to get the ink off you know and uh, if that doesn't work then I advance to um, either bleach or acetone I usually um, I have some bleach uh, a bleach spray bottle there uh, with some water it's actually soft scrub with bleach in some water and I just keep it by the ki- uh, kitchen sink in a spritzer and I'll spray that on my hands and wash it and it's not the nicest on the hands it's harsh it's toxic it does make your hands feel really dry and nasty afterwards but it does remove some of the color if it's really bad and also the acetone will help break up um, that's nail polish remover um, it will help get rid of some of the dye let's say you have a big uh, you know back in the day when we had big fancy outings and you were going places um, you might need to get the dye off your hands quickly um, and that will help and sometimes nothing helps sometimes that dye that dye is just on there until it wears off so kind of know that you may want to wear gloves for certain processes but you want to be very careful when you're touching your covers or your pages when you have inky fingers. And um, that's probably one of the things I am worse at. I tend to get ink everywhere and uh, I just have way too much fun with it, I think. Okay, let me check this. Oh, no, I haven't sewn these in at all yet. All right, I'm all this yakking and I'm, I'm not sewing in my signatures. Okay, so then 
Okay, so now you've, you've gone around and you've checked your cover, you've assessed your spine, you've assessed the inside of the cover to make sure it's all glued down well. You're starting to go through your signatures and you're making sure that they're snug and tight, um, but not tearing. And uh, you're making sure that the knot is not coming loose, that it's not a slip knot, but it is a, a reef knot or a right over left, left over right, lock knot, left over right, lock knot, whatever it is. <laughs> You also want to make sure you've added all of your little accoutrement. You have, um, you know, if you're going to do any little doodads in there that you really want to do, um, then you want to make sure that they're all present. In other words, you may want to put in page tabs. Well, if you decide to do that, make sure that you have the right number of page tabs that you intended to uh, place in there initially. And um, make sure that they're oriented correctly, that they're uh, secured correctly, that you decorated them correctly. Maybe you needed to ink them or you wanted to put a word on them. Uh, maybe you wanted to dangle charms from the center strings of your signatures. Maybe um, you wanted to make a spine dangle for it. You need to uh, make sure that your spine dangle is the right length. Whatever length you choose is the right length. Um, I've been lengthening my spine fond angles lately. I don't know why, but they've been, they were like cattails now. For some reason, they wrap around the front of the, the journal. I like that. I don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, make sure that all the little bits and bops and everything that are stuck to your spine dangle are well secured. Make sure that your spine dangle is very easy to, you can, you can attach it permanently. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people like to do that. Um, I like to have mine as a removable because I like to just get it out of the way. If I'm looking through a journal, I don't want to be dealing with all the dangly stuff. I just want to put it over there and maybe my journal will sit on a shelf in my, in my bedroom later and I will reapply the spine dangle for decor reasons, but um, for actually look through reasons or writing reasons, I want a removable. Um, so make sure that that is functioning well and is attached well. And then also assess your binding or your wrap for your journal, whatever your closure form is. Make sure that that is very sturdy, very strong, will not come off. And um, uh, is also easy to use. Don't make, don't design what that's so cumbersome to use that uh, you, you, uh, the person can't get the darn thing open. You know what I mean? And, uh, or closed and that becomes non-functional and, and that will frustrate somebody. So you want the journey of their exploration to be fun and exciting. So make the, uh, the wrap or the, uh, closure or the tie something easy to use. Um, it can be very beautiful and very decorative, but make it easy to use and sturdy. And uh, so once you have secured all that, check your uh, front and your back cover on the insides. Usually we, not usually, but sometimes we put um, uh, special decor on those areas because they are focal points in the journal. Just make sure that everything is, um, is where it should be, that uh, everything is oriented in the vertical uh, uh, plane or um, so that you, when you open it, everything's not falling out all over the place, but everything is tucked in nicely. You want to make sure when you're going through your signatures for your final check that all the pieces that slide in and out of pockets and tucks do so easily. They should slide in there and be snuggish, but not um, uh, loosey-goosey or tidy. Uh, too tidy because um, you want everything to be functionally easy to operate. If uh, you're having a problem with an area and let's say you put a belly band on too loose um, and it seems like you need 75 things to fill up that belly band, uh, you can either do two things. You can remove the belly band and maybe shorten it or tighten it and uh, reapply it and then put your stuff in. Um, or you can use a clip. So you put things in under the belly band and then use a clip to adhere it so that it doesn't all run around when the person opens the book, the stuff doesn't come flying out at them. Um, that's another alternative there. Um, paper clips are wonderful to use in the journals as they give many people options. Um, they can paper clip 
uh, you know, they can hold your embellishments and ephemera, but they can also hold people's embellishments and ephemera that they may want to add to the journals. So uh, you can have a plethora of paper clips in there. Um, they don't even have to have something clipped to them. They can just be there for uh, to be at the ready uh, whenever they are needed by the journal owner. And uh, you can obviously have a lot of fun with your paper clips. Um, you can decorate them and, and uh, put all sorts of frillies or, or papers or fabrics or laces and stuff. Or you can uh, dye them different colors and make them look metallic or faux rusted and things like that. But you want to make sure that they're functional. Um, I have had a few challenges with the fancy little paper clips that are coming out with all the little different designs. They're so cute and everything, but sometimes they're not the most reliable for holding something onto a piece uh, onto a page. Uh, things seem to fall off easily, and um, so. Uh, you just want to make sure that whatever you're using to clip things in is secure and sturdy and does the job that it was originally designed to do. Uh, function over uh, a, a decor in that department is, is makes a, a journaler's experience more, more pleasant. Um, so yeah, I think those are the things I'm thinking when you're going through your journal. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, just don't make sure st- make sure that stuff doesn't fall out easily on anybody. If it's if it doesn't seem right, go ahead and just redesign that page or redo that area. Um, if it feels over, oh, make sure that when you're uh, gluing stuff to certain pages, that the page can carry the weight of whatever it is you're putting it on it. Um, in other words, don't put a lot of heavy stuff onto tracing paper and things like that. Um, put light things on there, maybe just a, a you know a rubber stamp or something like that. That's not going to cause a lot of weight to the thinner papers. Um, yeah, so I think that pretty much covers how to inspect your journal uh, when you're thinking about selling it or if it's ready for sale. Um, uh, so w- once you get through that phase, then you're ready to start thinking about how to sell your actual journal. So we will cover that in an up and coming episode. I hope you had fun today and, um, uh, come and check me out on my YouTube channel, the paper outpost. And, uh, if you like those videos, please like subscribe and share, click the notification bell. If you want to uh, see every video I put out. And uh, if you're looking for any p- favorite tools or supplies, check out my Amazon store. All my links are below my videos. So check those out. You just click on the, uh, uh, show more drop down button and uh, that will uh, open up all the links for you also my vintage digital kits are always available in my etsy shop and uh, i have all sorts of fun things that you can check out in there like mushrooms and tickets and victorian people and fairies and and um, oh all sorts of uh, vintage ledger and co- vintage calling cards and um Victorian trade cards and all sorts of well, all sorts of things, and uh, so come and explore and have some fun. And uh, why you might want a digital kit uh, as opposed to getting the actual stuff is maybe you can't find it, or when you find the old stuff, it's really expensive, or you have no place to store the old stuff. So those might be some reasons to use uh, vintage digital kits, and it will save you time from running around having to find all that stuff. I've been collecting for years. I love to do it. It's a kind of a pastime hobby of mine, and I feel like I'm able to finally put some of it to good use here in the journals and, and, and show other people some of the stuff. Otherwise, it just sits in boxes at my house. What good is that? <laughs> uh, this stuff is cool. I found amazing things and um, I really want to share them with you. So uh, my videos come out Monday, Wednesday, Friday and Saturday, 7 a.m. Eastern time. My podcasts come out Tuesdays and Thursdays. My playlists are located below all my videos and at the end of most videos. And I'm trying to um, emphasize more my how-to videos. Um, a lot of people watch the Using Up the Book Pages um, videos, but I have a lot of videos. Uh, in the how-to 
uh, playlists that are not in the other categories. And there's a lot of um, embellishments and things like that that I have videos on in there that uh, I've now decided to put at the end of my videos. Um, so maybe folks will explore those because there's lots of fun stuff in there. And um, uh, welcome to all new podcast members and video and YouTube members. I'm so thrilled that you're you're out there and uh, watching and listening. And thank you so much for that. I really, really appreciate that. And I love interacting with you guys. And all your questions are welcome. Please feel free to ask me anything. You can post it in the comments or you can DM me or you can email me at Pamela at the paperoutpost.com. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've done a lot with junk journals and I'm certainly willing to share with you any, any uh, tips and tricks that I've learned along the way that might make your life easier as you're making books. And I think it's so cool that you're considering or you are making books because what is cooler than that? That is so cool. So come on out and check the Facebook group. That's where we have weekly and monthly challenges. They're just for fun. They're just to stimulate your creativity and interest. And you're welcome to post your pictures of what you make. And, um, you know, welcome to post any questions you may have about uh, journal making and, and, and that type of thing. And it's, it's a very fun, friendly, happy place. And I certainly hope you come and check it out. And remember that fun can be simple and create with reckless abandon and I'll be talking to you soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.